0: Section 17 of oh, Mr. Punch's Model Music Hall by F. Anstey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Section 17, Number 4 The Fatal Pin. Our present example is pure tragedy of the most ambitious kind, and is perhaps a little in advance of the taste of a music hall audience of the present day. WHEN THE FUSION BETWEEN THE THEATERS AND THE MUSIC-HALLS IS COMPLETE, WHEN MISS BESSIE BELLWOOD SINGS WHAT CHEERIA AT THE LYCEUM, AND MR. HENRY IRVING GIVES HIS COMPRESSED VERSION OF HAMLET AT THE TROCADERO, WHEN THERE IS A GENERAL LEVELING UP OF CULTURE AND REMOVAL OF PREJUDICE, THEN AND NOT TILL THEN WILL THIS POWERFUL LITTLE PLAY MEET WITH THE APPRECIATION WHICH IS ITS DUE the main idea is suggested by the mrs taylor's well-known poem the pin though the dramatist has gone further than the poetess in working out the notion of nemesis the fatal pin a tragedy dramatis personae emily heedless by either miss vesta tilly or mrs bernard beer peter paragon mr forbes robertson or mr arthur roberts ONLY HE MUSTN'T SING, THE GOOD YOUNG MAN WHO DIED. FIRST AND SECOND BRIDESMAIDS, MISS MAUD MILLET AND MISS ANNIE HUGHES. SCENE. EMILY'S BOUDOIR, SUMPTUOUSLY FURNISHED WITH A SCREEN AND SOFA. C. DOOR RIGHT, LEADING TO EMILY'S bedchamber. DOOR L. EMILY DISCOVERED IN LOOSE WRAPPER AND RECLINING IN UNCOMFORTABLE POSITION ON SOFA. EMILY. DREAMILY this day do i become the envied bride of peter justly surnamed paragon and much i wonder what in me he found he who perfection so personifies that he could condescend an eye to cast on faulty feather-headed emily how solemn is the stillness all around me a loud bang is heard behind screen methought i heard the dropping of a pin perhaps i should arise and search for it Yet why on second thoughts disturb myself since i am by my settlements to have a handsome sum allowed for pin-money nay since thou claim'st thy freedom little pin i lack the heart to keep thee prisoner go then and join the great majority of fallen vagrant and unregarded pinhood my bliss is too supreme at such an hour to heed such infidelities as thine falls into a happy reverie enter first and second bridesmaids first and second bridesmaids what now emily not yet attired nay haste for peter will be here anon they hurry her off by right door just as peter paragon enters left in bridal array n b the exigencies of the drama are responsible for his making his appearance here instead of waiting as is more usual at the church peter meditatively the golden sands of my celibacy are running low soon falls the final green yet even now the glass i would not turn my emily is not without her faults was not without them i should rather say for during ten idyllic years of courtship by precept and example i have striven to mould her to a helpmate fit for me "'Now, thank the gods, my labours are complete. "'She stands redeemed from all her giddiness.' "'Here he steps upon the pin and utters an exclamation. "'Ha! What is this? I'm wounded! Agony! "'With what a darting pain my foot's transfixed! "'I'll summon help!' with calm courage. "'Yet, stay, I would not dim this nuptial day by any sombre cloud. "'I'll bear this stroke alone, and now to probe.' the full extent of my calamity. Seats himself on sofa in such a position as to be concealed by the screen from all but the audience, and proceeds to remove his boot. He powers a perfidy, it is a pin. I must know more of this, for it is meet such criminal neglect should be exposed. Severe shall be that housemaid's punishment, who's proved to be responsible for this. But soft, I hear a step." enter first and second bridesmaids who hunt diligently upon the carpet without observing peter's presence emily's voice within "Oh, search i pray you it must be there my own ears heard it fall peter betrays growing uneasiness the bridesmaids indeed we fail to see it anywhere emily entering distractedly in bridal costume with a large rent in her train you have no eyes i tell you let me help it must be found or i am all undone in vain my cushion i have cut in two twas void of all but stuffing gracious heavens to think that all my future bliss depends on the evasive malice of a pin peter behind screen starts violently peter aside a pin what dire misgivings wring my heart hops forward with a cold dignity holding one foot in his hand you seem in some excitement emily emily wildly, you peter tell me have you found a pin peter with deadly calm unhappy girl i have to bridesmaids withdraw a while and should we need you we will summon you exeunt bridesmaids emily and peter stand facing each other for some moments in dead silence the pin is found for i have trodden on it and may for aught i know be lamed for life speak emily what is that maid's dessert whose carelessness has led to this mishap emily in the desperate hope of shielding herself why should the fault be traced to any maid instant dismissal shall be her reward with a month's wages paid in lieu of notice peter with passionless severity from your own lips i judge you emily did they not own just now that you had heard the falling of a pin yet heeded not behold the outcome of your negligence extends his injured foot emily oh let me kiss the place and make it well Peter. coldly withdrawing foot keep your caresses till i ask for them my wound goes deeper than you wot of yet and by that disregarded pin is pricked the iridescent bubble of illusion emily slowly indeed i do not wholly comprehend Peter Have oh, patience and i will be plainer yet mine is a complex nature emily magnanimous but still methodical an injury i freely can forgive forget it striking his chest never she who leaves about pins on the floor to pierce a lover's foot will surely plant a thorn within the side of him whose fate it is to be her husband emily dragging herself towards him on her knees have pity on me peter i was mad peter with emotion how can i choose but pity thee poor soul who for the sake of temporary ease hast forfeited the bliss that had been thine you could not stoop to pick a pin up why because forsooth twas but a paltry pin yet duly husbanded that self-same pin had served you to secure your gaping train your self-respect and me emily wailing what have i done peter i will not reproach you emily nor would i dwell upon my wounded soul the pain of which increases momently i part from your friendship and in proof that faded instrument i leave with you presenting her with the pen which she accepts mechanically which the frail link between us twain has severed I can dispense with it for in my cuff shows her his coat-cuff in which a row of pins heads is perceptible I carry others gainst the time of need my poor success in life I trace to this that never yet I passed a pin unheeded emily and is that all you have to say to me peter i think so save that i shall wish you well and pray that henceforth you may bear in mind what vast importance lies in seeming trifles EMILY, with a pale smile, Peter, your lesson is already learned, for precious has this pin become to me, since by its aid I gain oblivion, thus, stabs herself, Peter, coldly, nay, these are histrionics, Emily, assists her to sofa, Emily, I'd skill enough to find a vital spot, do not withdraw it yet, my time is short, and I have much to say before I die, faintly, be gentle with my rabbits when i'm gone give my canary chickweed now and then i think there is no more ah one last word earnestly warn them that they must not cut our wedding-cake and then the pastry-cook may take it back peter deeply moved, would you have shown this thoughtfulness before kneels by the sofa emily tis now too late and clearly do i see that i was never worthy of you peter peter gently Tis not for me to contradict you now you did your best to be so emily emily a blessing on you for those generous words now tell me peter how is your poor foot peter the agony decidedly abates and i can almost bear a boot again emily then i die happy kiss me peter ah dies peter in peace she passed away i'm glad of that Although that piece was purchased by a lie, I shall not bear a boot for many days. Thus ends our wedding morn, and she, poor child, has paid the penalty of heedlessness. Curtain falls, whereupon, unless Mr. Punch is greatly mistaken, there will not be a dry eye in the house. End of section seventeen. Read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com.